This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good morning, Foxes fans. How the devil are you today? How's your weekend been so far? It's international week. We know how boring it is, but I've got a special guest for you. It's none other than David Putton. Sky Sports lead presenter of the EFL. It's Sunday, it's 10 o'clock, so it's time for the famous Foxes Aftermath show run by the fans, for the fans. And you know what? Your opinion matters, so come on, get them comments in. Let's get going. It's kickoff time. Come on, you Foxes. The Leicester City machine is on the march again. Leicester Fan TV presents a variety of content like fan discussions, match analysis, and engaging with Leicester fans worldwide. We want your views live. Thanks to our sponsors Everot, Follow Blinds, Pocket Eyes, Pink Car Leasing, Distillers Direct, Hologram, Take Me, Nubian Co., and the Foxes Arms and Rainbows. We are live in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. How are you? How's your international weekend been? It's a good job. It's the last international weekend until March, I think it is. The England Malta game wasn't the best, was it? It was a bit, bit dour to say the least. But we won, qualified. What more do you want? But that's enough about England. That's enough about international football. We're going to talk about Leicester. Like I say, we've got David putting on. Absolutely much appreciated from Sky Sports coming on and talk about Leicester. So 
why don't we bring David on, or Putz, as he's called. <laughs> Morning, sir. How are you, pal? I'm very well, Jamie. I'm even more pumped now because the energy that you're showing on a Sunday morning is perfect. Very Sky Sports-like. I love it. Very Sky Sports. I think I, I couldn't do your job, pal. I couldn't do your job. Sitting <laughs> in front of millions of people talking. At least we only get a couple of hundred on here every Sunday morning, so it's, oh, it's not too bad. Anyway, David, mm. before we get on about Leicester, you had a decent okay. career. You played 489 games. You scored 27 right. goals. Hopefully, one of them wasn't against Leicester. What are you no. moving? About, I mean, because you played for a few clubs, didn't you? You played for, let's get this right, Nottingham Forest first. <laughs> not going to say not, sorry, so I'll get told off for that. <laughs> Wednesday, Leeds and Southampton. Yes. What do you remember just playing for them against Leicester? Um, I always remember playing... The King Power, I mean, first and foremost, a wonderful place to play football, a wonderful football pitch. Um, it, it was always a pleasure to play there. Not in a sense that it wasn't intimidating because it was a hell of an atmosphere as well, but the Leicester City sides that I played against, um, very kind of motivated and, and put together to play a certain type of football, which we saw come to full fruition further down the years when you climb the top of the Premier League. But it was always, given where we were geographically with Nottingham Forest to start with, it was always Derby, Leicester, because obviously the Forest fans always sing, we hate Derby, we hate Leicester. <laughs> just, to, just, to, just to endear myself to, to Fox's fans this morning. But uh, And that was reciprocated. So when you went to Pride Park, you got exactly the same. And when you went to the King Power, you got exactly the same. Notts County was a different kind of uh, kettle of fish entirely. But I mean, give it a few years, you never know. They might be playing each other in the same division at some stage. But it was always um, a tough place to play. I, I'm, I'm, the last kind of time I remember playing them would have been again, would have been for Wednesday. I think it was a Wednesday side that was fighting for its life. Uh, it's yeah. football in life in the bottom end of the, yeah, it's just like they are now in the bottom end of the championship. Um, and I don't know whether, so that'd have been around probably 2012 ish. So I don't know whether the, the bones of the team that eventually became Premier League champions would have been slowly but surely being put together then. Um, and then, and then off the back of, of, of finishing playing and then watching from afar from a media standpoint. What's happened with the football club has been staggering, really, absolutely staggering. And knowing it's funny as well because knowing people and coming across people that were part of that Premier League winning team were ex-coaches and players, and uh, it all it, the, everyone's got their own story about that season, haven't they? Everyone's got well, it was it was more them than it was more him, or it was more him than it was more them. Collectively, it was amazing. And I always say this when I bump into him. Uh, the Wes Morgan that I knew at Nottingham Forest in League One, and I've said this to Wes's face, so I'm not I'm not speaking about his back. Um, the, the, not the most athletic-looking footballer when I came no, across him as a younger footballer. So if you'd have fast-forwarded and said, by the way, that kid's going to captain a team to the Premier League, uh, I would have probably strongly disagreed with you. But he was emblematic of what was so good about that side, I think. To be honest, I don't think even the most... George Leicester fan would have ever thought the season before when we nearly got relegated, mm. the great escape, the following year to go on and win the league. I don't think no stu- it, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. I mean, like I said to you before, I live in Spain. When we won the league, well, sorry, when Chelsea won the league for us that night, I was <laughs> all fighting the cars, running down the road with the flag behind me now, all fighting the cars. And these people looking at really strange at me and thinking, but like you say, everyone has their own story of where there were. Mm and where they are. But scrolling on 20 years, we've come down. We got relegated mm. last year. 
Mm-hmm. You've done a lot of work for Sky Sports in the EFL. Mm. What was your feelings when you thought, oh, Leicester are going to be here next year? Before all the changes and Moresca came in, what were your feelings about, <clears throat> oh, about Leicester and how well they're going to do? Um, well, I kept a keen eye because up where I'm up in North Yorkshire, so Leeds is, is our most local team. So I, I chatted to quite a few journos from this neck of the woods about it. So as that season was meandering to a close, you're looking at the teams that are down there fighting to, to stay in the division. Um, and I think I was, and, and we had Dean Smith on the other week in the Leeds, in the Leeds uh, Leicester game. So chatting to him about coming in for those last few games, and there was a, a fair bit of fight from the players, but there were the the, the kind of quality, consistent quality um, that would have been needed to keep them in the division just wasn't there. And it's it's no secret, is it? You don't end up in the bottom three at the end of the season. Uh, as a surprise, you don't kind of look round on the final day and go, well, right, that, that got away from us very quickly. But I think given what um, what we'd seen from them, I was just intrigued to see how you would react off big names moving on. Obviously, Barnes and Madison being two of the biggest. Um, and I think I think we were all wondering what Enzo could do, how Enzo was going to go about it. Uh, the CV speaks for itself. Obviously, first time in England, stepping forward as that manager on his own. Uh, and, and you just kind of, and, and, and as a neutral, and, and it's funny because when you do work for Sky and when you do uh, chat to people on podcasts and, and look at results and look at the way that fixtures could pan out, um, there's, there, there are staunch supporters who sometimes, Don Goodman's a good example for a colleague of mine that Leeds fans think they they he hates them. Forest fans think that he hates them. I, I presume Leicester City fans probably think that as well. But I, I, can, I can vouch for Don and say... He's, when, when he used to play against us, he used to score all the time. I think that's where it's come from. That's where it comes from. He used to score against us all the time. I think that's where it comes from. And his job is to give that kind of um, that um, insight and, and chat, isn't it? Which um, And so when you are looking at this, the, the only thing that I felt, and, and it's obviously in stark contrast to a Leicester City fan, is I was... I was Looking forward to seeing them in the EFL, not not in any kind of snarky way at all, but to see what they do, see how they go about it, um, to see perhaps a different way they might attack um, the championship, given how quickly it's, it's kind of changed. But yeah, and, and, and so far, I, I think they've thrown up so many good things. I think they've thrown up possibly a couple of questions at one stage, and I'm talking purely from a broadcasting point of view. You're looking at it going... Well, the top two could be boxed off here by about February. <laughs> so then you're then looking for the story going, well, it's got to be the playoffs then. It's got to be the fight to stay in the division. So um, th- th- these last couple of results, although they are um, uh, a little stumbling patch um, from Leicester's point of view, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it brings it all together, knits it together quite nicely, I think. I mean, you were saying like, when you first, when the first came down, we lost Barnes, we lost Madison, Tillemans decided he wasn't staying. Yes. We actually lost, I think it was 12 players uh, out of contract. Sernku went, Johnny mm. Evans went. There was quite a lot that went. And it was the nucleus of the team. Uh, Daniel Amati went as well. The nucleus of the team. And we still got we still got people saying, oh, Leicester are going to walk the league. Mm. It's easy for them. But they didn't, I don't think they, that, all they saw was the name Leicester. Um, mm. And they thought they're going to walk the lead uh, as well as Leeds and Southampton. Um, which must be strange for you because... They're both up there, so so you're quite you're you're like like you say you've got a bit of feeling for Leeds still, so you must be still be fancying Leeds. Well, I, to... well it's, it's a funny one that because I, I and I don't mean this in any kind of um, what's the word um, pat me on the back sense. I can look at them pretty 
objectively, uh, I it, it doesn't make or break a weekend whether Leeds win, Southampton win, anyone wins or loses. Really, I, I my portion of time at these wonderful football clubs was was just that. It was wonderful. Um, but that then is is part of part of your past, and hopefully it informs that. And I'd st- I'd, I'd I'd be able to talk about Leeds as dispassionately as I could any other team because it's part of the job that you do, really. Um, but I think I think I, I was all, I'm intrigued from my point of view of seeing Leicester in the Premier League and seeing Leicester now in the in the Championship, and it going as well as it has done. And and, and you've got to say that back to back defeats. Yes, it's it's. It, it kind of it's annoying going into an international break as you mentioned, Jamie. But yeah. it, it, undoubtedly, a team that is that far ahead of the of the playoff places is, is having a very very good season. Ipswich, I mean, they're a bit of an anomaly that have just come flying through and have done wonderfully well under Kieran. But you look at that and how they've done, and when when you do look at these sides that are similar, as in dropped out the Premier League like a Leeds United, what uh, Daniel's done is create a whole um, different vibe there. Has that been the case at Leicester? Because inherently with relegation. Players are underperformed. Management's underperformed. The club as a collective have underperformed. And I'm not saying it's just because we're, we've got we've got lots of fans getting involved as well. But the fans are always there. That I mean, they're they're a hundred percent every week. Could the same have been said for the team of players that dropped out of the Premier League? Because inherently, as as a collective, it's a failure, isn't it? Being relegated. So how quickly has that been able to well, turn around that you enjoy what you're seeing again? Um. Yeah, you said when we dropped down and all them players last, we're thinking, oh, and Maraska came in and we're thinking, two years, let's give him two years. Because a lot of the Leicester fans were thinking, we're not going to bounce, we want to bounce back straight mm. away. But I, a lot of Leicester fans were thinking, are we going to bounce back straight away? They weren't sure. Maybe we needed a bit of mid table mediocrity just for one season, mm. rebuild again, get some players in. Give them, it's like the foreign players coming in for for the first season. They always struggle. I yeah. think we all thought it was going to be the same, that we were going to drop down the championship. We've been playing a different style of football. Um, it might be different in the championship because there is a few, still a few of the old old school players there that like kicking in a little bit. In the premiership, you don't get that so much. Um, I love a bit of old school football. Give I know, yeah. What, what, what do you think I did for 15 years, Jamie? I know, I love it. Would you, would you like to see four four two come back in? Because unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's going to ever happen. <laughs> but the style of play, so a lot of players. We had a few people. I've got lots. One of our content on here will say, "Oh, we're going to break the record straight away from the minute we started." Mm. It was going to break the record. It was on Leeds Channel the other week. Uh, mm. Start of the season. He says, "Yeah, we're going to break that record before we'd even started the season." But a lot yeah. of fans weren't like that. Or that optimistic. Uh-huh. We wanted to do well, mid table, maybe playoffs, but maybe the year after we would be mm. better in the championship. But like you say, 13 out of 16 games, winning 13 out of 16 games, is some going. Mm. I don't think anybody in the media or a neutral would have thought that they would have won 13 out of 16. Mm. I mean, two weeks ago, there were 14 points clear of Leeds. Now they're at eight points clear of Leeds. Mm. Um, so did you think Leicester were going to start that way yourself? Because not, um, not many Leicester fans saw that. No, and I think that that's a really healthy dose of realism. Um I think, like you say, the beat leads are on that Friday night, and that would have been seventeen points between the, the, their position and, and the playoff places, which would have been huge at that stage. We we were looking at it the other week, um, and it would have been ahead of the Leeds game, where uh, on a points and games ratio at the moment, way ahead of where Burnley were, and Burnley ended up obviously kind of moonwalking over the line, didn't they? They, they found it that straightforward come the end of the season. Um, so I, I, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think. The mitigation that comes with 
relegation, the emotional and the mental kind of damage it can do. And obviously, when we use terms like damage and, and devastation, it's all relative. It's in football terms. We know exactly where this little round ball game stands in the kind of grand scheme of things. Um, I, I didn't see them doing what they've done so far to the to the extent, as you as you say, that 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 way of playing. And and we we were chatting. I think Joby McInniff, one of our pundits, was chatting to Yannick Vestergaard before before the game. And he kind of alluded to the fact, because there was this kind of broad opinion on Leicester winning games, but not totally dominating games. And so, and I was trying to think, well, what does that look like? Because it's at the Blackburn game, for example, there, there was a little bit of jeopardy in it for a little while. Vardy scores that wonderful flowing mo, And they, they it almost felt like Leicester could go at will. So you pull the, pump the brakes a bit, concert, we'll go again. You know what I mean? And that, that's the sign of a really good team that can kind of do that. So I, I don't know when you're looking at people saying, "Oh, well, they're not dominating." Again, we think, "Well, what more do you want? The winning games, and not not necessarily kind of blowing a gasket to get to that particular point. Maybe the last two games that might catch up because the Leeds game where there wasn't a shot on target till I think after the 90th minute or an attempt on target. But you look at the the Borough game. Borough win with a wonderful, wonderful goal. Borough oh, goalkeeper yeah, yeah. was, was the Borough goalkeeper was busy. Some really good chances hitting the post as well. So you are yeah, looking yeah. at a side that on another day might come back from the northeast with a three-one win, three points. Cheers, see you later. Back into the international break. So I, I didn't see the dominance in terms of um, the points that they've got and the wins that they've got. But I still did look at that side and think it's a hell of a good side, a hell of a good side. And I, I was I was reading Enzo's quotes off the back of the Borough game and how the team does play and how he wants to filter that down to the 21s, to the 18s, to make sure that lads that come up can do what he's asked for. Because formation-wise, so so you're looking at, uh, there, was, there was a great article in The Athletic about Ricardo Pereira playing as an inverted fullback. So obviously my generation's kind of scratching your head going, what, just what was a fullback? And you, yeah. and then you get, you read it and it's fascinating. And then you look at the way the team sets up and you go, well, why is Casey there? Like, what? And then you, so there is a way of playing or the way that he's putting this team together, which gives them a multi kind of faceted way of beating football teams because there was a, there's, there's a maybe a, a point that a section of fans are making about plan B for Enzo Maresca. But my take on that is maybe that's where the plan B comes in after back to back defeats. But you only need a plan B when plan A goes awry. And 13 wins out of <laughs> seems to me like plan A is pretty good, actually. So <laughs> without, without, <laughs> Have but you been it, watching? You've been watching our register show on a Monday night because he always goes on about a plan B. Yeah. He always talks about a plan B. <laughs> I know, I know where he's coming from because yeah, yeah. we were nil nil with half hour to go against Middlesbrough. Mm. They Middlesbrough were proactive in making the changes and went yeah. for the game. Um. So I've just seen a question. I've got to ask you in a minute. I'll let, come back to that one in a second. <laughs> I've just um, seen the same one. Yeah. Um, I forgot I was saying that. Oh, yeah, Middlesbrough. Half hour to go. Middlesbrough were proactive and went to the game. We weren't. We sat back. And even yeah. when they scored, um, we were still tapping it around the back. And we don't seem to... I know it's not going to happen. I know mm. we're not going to throw Yannick up top and try and yeah. head the ball from free kicks down and get chances. But I think the style of play sometimes can be a bit slow and lethargic. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is a stat I saw yesterday. We've got... There's only three clubs in that championship that have got 80% pass completion. Leicester, Southampton, yeah. and I think Hull. That's your neck of the woods, isn't it, Hull? It is. is it? Yeah, it's where, where, yeah. I'm, where I'm from, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so there's only three clubs in that premiership that have got eight... Uh, league premiership, blimey, uh, championship that have got 80%. So, in my mind, there's a bit too much passing. When we mm. won the Premier League, 
we were like forty percent possession, and we were yeah. still scoring goals. That that that. Sorry to butt into it because that that does. I mean, r- listening to Enzo talk about because he said it. In a way, he, he, I think it comes across really well. He's a very charming fella, and he talks about transitions, doesn't he? If you want to watch a transition team. It's not Leicester City this season. That's that's basically what he said. If you want to see them in the Championship, you go and watch Leeds, you go and watch Plymouth was another one that he referenced. And he mentioned Liverpool, obviously, kings of the transition. But the original kind of most recent kings of the transition, Leicester City Premier League winners. Like you say, under 50% possession, um, the pace of Vardy, the um, the, the, the ability of, of Amarez, of Akansay to be able to cover the ground and provide that type of quality, the in- industry of, of Danny Drinkwater. That... That was a team, and and it it, it proved the kind of the, the fallacy sometimes of possession because if it's done for possession's sake, then um, then that's what frustrates fans. I think it's something akin to what Russell Martin's had to try and battle with at times this season, and I use the term battle relatively because he's come in and said, "Nope, this is this." Hello, everybody, Russell Martin. This is what we're going to do, and regardless of the result, this is what we're going to do. So you see a team that started okay, then loses four on the spin. You look at the goals that, that kind of uh, are conceded where you're going, well, they're doing the same thing then. It's led to exactly the same thing, a goal against. But then the goalkeeper will get it down and he'll pass. So this is this this is not new ground. This is a way of playing that these men are wholeheartedly committed to. So Enzo's saying that. Um, that's, that's, that's almost his message to both his players and the fans. We do need patience because get on board, gang. This is what we're doing. And I, But I, I do understand as well the need for, because I, like I said, generationally, I'm slightly different to, so I finished playing 10 years ago. And I think that there is a tendency because we've all got platforms. We can all talk about it. We're on a wonderful platform now chatting about it, but sometimes you, you can look at a football, um, you can look at a football match and regardless of it, it's Manchester City in the Champions League a few years ago, when you look at the, the, the holding midfielder situation and, and who started and you're kind of going, I mean that that feels massively overthought that 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 so that even a, a, a big club and a massive manager can kind of think well I'm not going to do what looks obvious I'm going to do this instead and us as fans and I very firmly place myself in in that in that situation you can think yeah we're, we're not going to start booing if you start launching it long to try and get a goal it, this we, we're we're fine with that 20 minutes to go we're, we're absolutely we're all on board with this because we want to get a goal but that's why these people are in positions of pressure and responsibility and and. And he's he's looked at as this as this good manager so far. It's only a small sample size of how to set a team up with the players that he's got. So I, th- I think the patience bit is is the most key thing. But I also think it's again talking to Liam Rossini, uh, watching games at the MKM sometimes this season where there's a restlessness after 25 minutes that they haven't scored a goal, and you kind of look at the manager and it's, it's kind of going, can we can we just calm down? There's still a long time in this game. Like, get on my back if it's 95 minutes in and we're still tapping it out from the six-yard box. I understand that. But it's it's about building a, a game and a team and a philosophy. And, I, and I, you, to a large, I mean, to the largest extent, he, he has done that. But I think, like like you said before, Jamie, the last couple of games will will hopefully give him that food for thought that maybe a little work in the, in the um, international break, you might see a little tweak in that possibly going into the next batch of games. Yeah. I've got to ask this one because Tom's... Tom sent me this earlier about the Yeovil game, the playoff game. What's he yes. trying to? What's he trying to say to you there? Well, David? well, well, what it is is so I was at Southampton, kind of properly treading water. Then went back to Nottingham Forest, and they were the in the kind of playoff places in League One. And um, so I'd come <laughs> in theory to help them over the line, 
which um, absolutely did yeah, not end like that. experienced old head. Yes, yes. Uh, and we, we got into the playoffs. We played. So Yeovil was our side of the tie. First leg, I was ill. So didn't travel down to put it. Nothing to do with going to Yeovil, even though he's miles away. But I was genu- <laughs> genuinely ill. Um, and I think we, we won 1-0. So come back for the second leg. City rounds packed. And then didn't start quite right. So same team. Let's crack on. Came on with about 25 minutes to go to, to shore the game up. Uh, ended up getting two yellow cards, uh, getting sent off, and then the game just completely slipping away. Two yellow cards for two fouls on the same player, Nathan Jones, who I have since spoken about this latterly, and he, he's he, he's in fits of giggles because the first <laughs> one, the first one I've wiped him out. The second one I've absolutely telegraphed what I'm doing, and he, he's just seen me come in and go, oh, and, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I've, I've, I've fallen for a hook, line, and sinker. And then I've got got sent off, and 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 thus unendearing myself to a to a select portion of Forest fans who, for a long time, <laughs> used to would be the first thing that would be brought up. But the funny thing about working at Sky would be when you go into the building down there in in Brentford. It's obviously a huge multimedia complex, and given how many channels we've got and the kind of classic Sky Sports, like I mean, old matches. At least once a month, that game's on. At least once a month. And you kind of... Is that because they know you're walking into the building? Possibly, but you're kind of going... I mean, of all the game, Unless unless it's one of those where your your brain is... is and the memory is attacked, anchored to that forever. And I, I only notice that one when I walk in and not the other one. Every time I'm like, oh, for God's sake. And I still well, think, I'm getting there. Oh, I've missed it again. <laughs> it's the same as the... Uh, well, you're always hoping when you see it that you don't get sent off. You think yes. Yeah. Really. Well, the thing is, it always seems to happen when I turn Sky Sports on the mm. on Sky Football. It's the Leicester Watford game. Yes. Do not scratch your eyes. I quickly turn that off. I think a lot of Leicester fans quickly turn that off. Which I mean, that year, yeah, it would have never happened. What happened? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a that sliding doors and the the commentator on that, Bill Leslie. I know he's fantastic, and it was one of those where you. Because they they've all got they've all kind of quietly got their own little um, teams at the full, and they're the, the, it's funny all these all these commentators they all follow kind of quite obscure league teams. I won't say that for, for fear of offending Exeter City fans, <laughs> but the um, <laughs> but the um, it, it's that and it, the best ones because because I think there's a Watford podcast called "Do Not Scratch Your Eyes" because it's off the off the back of that wonderful um, Bill Leslie line, and 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 it's when you watch it. It's funny because you, like you said, and I, that exact game, watching it as a football fan and seeing it all pan out, it, you kind of your jaws yeah. on the floor. But if Come you're a Leicester the City fan, what what's is it? One of that is literally like it's like having an ex walk past. Like, oh, look, look away, quick, look away. You don't couldn't believe see it. it. Just could not believe what was happening that day. Absolutely not happening. And then of course everything else comes on. You got uh, Johnny Phillips on Sky Sports News. Yes. Yeah, in that comedy, he went bonkers. Yeah. Oh, it was just, and it, oh, <laughs> but that's one like you say, your game's always on, and that game seems to be always yeah. on. But it like never, I say, it never back shake and forth here. we're near the end of the show, matey. The final three is mm. it going to be what you think now? Le- at Leeds, Leeds, why have I said Leeds first? Leicester, <laughs> Ipswich, and then Leeds are eight points behind Southampton, yeah. I think nine. You've got Sunderland there. Yeah, what do you see happening? If you could pick I, your top top six now, top no top seven, and you go oh six, isn't it? Uh, yeah, top six. Who would be in your top Oof. six now? The two automatic. Do you think Leicester are 
nailed on, or do you think there's plenty of? I, I would, um, without wanting to tempt fate for any of you, Fox's lot. I, I, I'm not saying they're nailed on, but I, ex- I, I'm looking at that top two, and 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 forgive me if, if I'm selling Ipswich short here because they've been absolutely amazing. They've been absolutely amazing, but given the momentum of Leeds, I think it's six wins out of seven now. That front four, as good as Leicester are in attack, Leeds' front four seems to have found a chemistry, I think, with Ruta, Pirot, Dan James and, and Somerville. I mean, the only thing with that is, you look at January, does Somerville start saying, well, oh, quite fancy over there again now. That, that that's, a, that's a big, big thing yeah. for them. So, so and also less... the African nations as well, isn't it? Correct. A lot of teams are African. We've got four that are possibly going. Yeah. Now that could make a huge difference to our team. Well, then in that case, you'd like to think that Enzo and, and whoever's in charge of recruitment has got half an eye on January and who they might bring in, whether it's whether it's kind of a left-sided defender and a midfielder to kind of supplement what you've got already. I, I'd, I'd be very surprised if they're not already looking ahead to that. But take that out and keep 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 this team as, as a collective together. Leeds, Leicester and Leeds are the top two. I, I, can't, I can't fathom which one would be champions. But then, then after that, the fact that the top six being then Ipswich, Southampton, Preston, Sunderland. I love Preston. I think Ryan's doing a cracking job. Um, whether they're there for the course, it remains to be seen. I, I, I take that that next four as a so Ipswich, Southampton, Preston, and Sunderland, with the possibility probably West Brom, Hull City, with the outside chance of of climbing into that. So it, it's I mean it, it's it's a cracking question, and it's one that I'm steadfastly trying not to kind of go around the houses on. But Borough, you know what I mean? We, we saw a Borough yeah. side get into the playoffs and, uh, who have taken their time to get going, but do seem to be going in the right direction. But I mean, Michael Carrick was under pressure to start off. I think he didn't win a game for four games, was it? I no, think they, he didn't. they didn't. They were, they were here, there and everywhere. And I think they were um, um, kind of... Again, again, we talk about players moving on, but they're like, like, like Tuba moving on from them and, and Ramsey, key players that got them into the playoffs. Um meant that Brian Giles meant that they were going to have to react to that. Um, but just you know, a great comment there with regards to Dennis Pratt coming back because oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. even even Enzo said potentially the Dewsbury Hall-Pratt partnership could be one that really does bring a different dimension to what Leicester do in the middle of the park because he talks about being a, a pocket player, doesn't he, about and being able to kind of take the ball in tight areas that they're both able to do that. So, um, so yeah, from, from that point of view... Uh, and and I'm I'm not nailing colours to any mass, but I'd go Leicester <laughs> leads in the in Leicester leads in the automatic spots and and the possibility of Southampton through the playoffs. There you go. Yeah, just talking about Dennis Pratt. I mean, mm. I love I love Dennis Pratt. I think he's great. Shame about his, his injury he's got. Yeah, yeah. I think he will cover the problem that we've got. We're playing with two number eights. We're not playing yeah. with a creative number ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, that takes a lot for me to say, considering I'm old school. It's normally 442. So all this half turn, half space. All, the, all these pocket. numbers, double yeah. pivot, all that. Yeah. Stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I sent a message to a friend of mine, Matt Piper, that used to play for Leicester and Sunderland. I played with Pipes about, a long, long time ago in, in one of the junior England teams. Yes. Yeah. And I said to him about um, what's his half space and half turn and stuff like that. Because he's, like you say, he's about your. And I couldn't really explain it. It was hard to explain, but. <laughs> What I think what Leicester are lacking, especially the last few games, seems to be in the final third. There's no creativity. Mm. That like mm. James Madison or Re- not quite Riyad Mahrez, but James mm. Madison or Yuri Tillemans, there's no fucking break the lines. 
And yeah. I do think Dennis Pratt is that kind of player that even if he'll be playing in the number eight role with, mm. uh, with I would say, Tillemansen, with KDH, mm. I think that might help. I think we have missed Dennis Pratt this year. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not necessarily just what that player brings. It what he it's what he facilitates in others. So whether he he creates space, whether he creates opportunities for the players to be able to go and and, and show what they can do. But I mean, it's fascinating that you say that, Jamie, because if you if I was chatting to Southampton fans, Leeds fans, Preston fans, anyone up there, Ipswich, maybe take Ipswich out of it, and it, it reflects the level of what you've seen with your own eyes and what the expectations are. Because on the one hand, you talk about bit of patience to see what the next season or two brings. But you give this points return to the other 20-odd teams in the division. They go, yep, give me that. Going into that, going, going into that last international break, give us top of the league, joint top with a team, with a gap to third, um, with the players that we've got. Please give, give us that and, and we'll, we'll gladly help it. So it, it's it's funny how quickly those expectations and those kind of pre-season thoughts can be because... Uh, it, it's, it's, it's something that you said that's really stuck in my, my head about the, the having patience type thing because you're absolutely right. I think it's around the 30 to 35% mark of teams that come down that go straight back up again. So it's not a foregone conclusion. Even though you look at the bottom end of the, of the Premier League now and go, wow, there's, it feels like there's a discrepancy between two-thirds of the Premier League and the clubs that, that, that come up. And there's, I've seen there's a few questions there as well about the Everton situation, which, my word, the mind boggles with that, especially when you hear... Chelsea and Manchester City being thrown into it as well. Yeah, that's confusing. Very, that's very, really very confusing. confusing. But and it just goes to show, as much as, like you said, that that very balanced, sensible approach of having patience. Football is right now about the here and now. It's about getting back to the Premier League. We, we all know that. I love covering the EFL. I love working on Premier League games as well. The power of the pyramid. I think I'll always be a huge advocate for, and I do think. Everyone can help each other up and down along the way. I still think there is work to be done, possibly in that. But um, I do understand what it is to get what it means to football clubs. You look at Leeds being out of it for sixteen years, find themselves back in the championship. Forest being out of it for over twenty years, get the, find themselves there with a fighting chance of being able to stay in. And um, that 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 really nice. It reflects on Leicester Longway, don't we? This isn't a PR exercise to blow smoke up Leicester City fans. Is uh, Backside. Backside. But, there's, but there's a real collective and it, it is reflected in winning the Premier League, winning the FA Cup, the managers that have been involved, the ownership of that particular club, which has been phenomenal, I think, and, and a real a real kind of holistic example of how you do things. Um, and it, it's there's so much to like about it. There's, there's, there's that frustration that possibly came away from a couple of key values, which then sees you in the Premier League. But broadly, everyone's on board to know that so far, again, it's it's a bit of a platitude, but you've got to say this season, so far, so good, sitting top of the tree with players coming back from injury. Yeah, yeah. There's one question here. We're talking championship. Mm. Scott's asked about Birmingham. Yeah. What's going wrong there? <laughs> Rooney's, I think he's had four, four games and he's lost no, three, three, one. Uh, yeah, lost yeah. three, three, one. Well, I, well, I, um, about 15th. yeah, well, well, I, I was asked about it when he went in and it, and it, you get, Obviously, feedback on Twitter and all that type of stuff. So, so my take on it was: you, you get rid of John Eustace when the team's where it is, and whether they're overperforming or not when he's when he's there, that's a different thing entirely. You only bring Wayne Rooney in to get promoted. Like I said about that that patience, that perception of, of building something. You know, what I mean, how long how long is is a build? You're not telling me that Birmingham fans, Birmingham City fans, would be happy to to have Wayne Rooney as manager but sit in the Championship for three or four seasons. 
that that doesn't quite quite make sense to me. So I, I think um, it, it sounds like there's a lot of frank ex- uh, discussions being had. They have found themselves in terrific positions in games. The Ipswich game, for example, 2-0 up. I mean, ready to see the game out. But the, the quality of Ipswich, they never say die. Um, formidability of Ipswich shows them getting back into that game. Uh, the, there is The coaching staff is a very experienced one with himself, John O'Shea and Ashley Cole. So they're going to need all of that with regards to what they see on the pitch because there's a situation being created there by the ownership which puts him in a position where anything less than the playoffs it doesn't look like it was the right decision, which is very simplistic and it's way harder, obviously, on the side of the pitch and inside a football club. But we all look at that, don't we? Yeah, John yeah. Eustace leaves him in sixth. Wayne Rooney comes in. All right, we're just going to go that way then. But it hasn't, hasn't gone like that so far. And it's, it just goes just to show as well, given his time at Derby County as well, uh, another Leicester City favourite. That um, it's 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 not it's not straightforward. These jobs are hard. These jobs are terribly hard. So again, to to, to dovetail it back on Tessie Sons, I hope they get relegated. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's how brutal football fans. <laughs> he's, he's a Leeds fan. He's a Leeds fan. <laughs> but but then if you but then again knitting it all together with with what we've spoken about and the, obviously the main ethos of, of being on a show such as this and it's been it's been wonderful, Jamie. Is, is it then shows how good a job Enzo's doing, doesn't it? It, it surely, obviously, there is, there is an experience discrepancy between Enzo Maresca and Wayne Rooney. The fact that you, you've had Maresca sat at the feet of the master of, 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 of how to create football clubs, how to build football, how to annihilate the opposition. And then you look at it up until two games ago, you're kind of rubbing your hands together going, record points, or we're going to score this many goals, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to be promoted by March. Um, so, like I said, nice little reality check for the last couple of couple of get couple of games, but it, it does go to show just what a terrific job he's done so far. Yeah, exactly. Has. Uh, last question. You mentioned Preston earlier, and Hayden's mm. asked. I mean, you watching the EFL for the last ten yeah. years or so? Why he joined Sky? Tom Cannon. It was at Preston yes. last year. I think he mm. scored some like eight in twenty something odd games. What can you tell us about? Because he came in, he's, he, he failed his medical, but we still signed him. He got a stress factor in his back. He's been right. on the bench the last two games, but hasn't played. What can yeah. you tell us about Tom Cannon that you've seen probably live more times than what Leicester fans have seen? Well, I think the, the Tom Cannon that I saw at, um, at Preston was a key part in them almost climbing into the playoffs, which is, is it kind of sound, sounds like you're damning him with faint praise there. But to, a very hard-working player, uh, one that would... And, and that's the thing, you, you don't get into Preston North End's first team if you don't work your socks off. Uh, obviously, you've got to allow that to a really good um, uh, technical ability, which is what he's got. From what I've heard, Ryan Lowe spoke glowingly about his attitude to training, to playing, to wanting to get better uh, of, a, of a progressive environment, which again, seems to be what Leicester City have got. They've got a, a, a man in charge who likes to coach, don't they, in Enzo? He, he's, he, he, he might have a coaching staff, but he's very much in there getting his hands dirty with the players on a daily basis. So I, th- I think he probably offers something different with regards to what you've seen so far. And the stature of players, I think, that Leicester City have got because there's some big names there, aren't they? I mean, you, you, Iheanacho's one that's that's routinely thrown out. And whenever you see him, whether whether Jamie starts and then Kalechi comes on, you are kind of going, bloody hell, they've got Kalechi Iheanacho on the bench. <laughs> on the bench. He's not starting the game, but and he can come on and do that. Whereas, I mean, you, John like, Cannon's... Is, is I think Tom Cameron will be a different kind of player to Nacho and Vardy. I don't think Cameron's yes. got the like I say. You'll have to answer these questions. I don't think he's got the speed of Vardy. No, no, and not many have. No, Nacho <laughs> likes dropping deep and trying to yeah. pick the ball up. Like I yeah. say, I'm not sure Tom. I think 
Tom Cullen's more of an out-and-out striker. He's probably not yeah. a box in the box because you don't get like, him like, in he, he's, he's, When you say about stretching the game, Vardy's his pace. Cannon feels more, not powerful because Jamie Vardy's a very powerful running footballer, isn't he? Um, and I think I, I think what he would bring, uh, obviously there's the youth of the player as well, whether that has any bearing either way, but there is that sense of energy, legs, um, the ability, like you say, like as to get around the pitch and with a lot to prove. Twenty years old, twenty-one years old. He's, he's only a, a, a pup in terms of what potentially Leicester City have got, and I think he does off, offer that because, like you say, that'd be a nice mix, though, wouldn't it? If you got if you get three different forward-thinking players that can bring three three different things, whether it's Kalecha dropping off to to link, whether it's Cannon being able to go beyond defences in a slightly different way to what uh, to what Jamie Vardy can do. do you, I mean, just the, the point there about, uh, and it, it seems remiss not to mention him on uh, having the chance to chat to proper diehard Leicester City fans. That, and, and it's a wonderful story from the outside looking in, and, and it's obviously been told a lot in, in, in and around the Leicester area, but that impact of Jamie Vardy, that, that the, the, the size of the contribution of a player that cost, what, a million quid? And there was kind of, a bit of head scratching when he came in, going, I wonder what you get for a million quid. It's since shown what you do get for a million quid if you get it right, isn't it? I mean, after the first season, Nigel yeah. Pearson, uh, there was an offer from West Brom that came in for five million quid for him. And Nigel Pearson said, just get your head down, carry on, go away for the yeah. summer, get your head down, come back. And he started it and he gave him the confidence to play. Yeah. And then, so he could have gone to West Brom for five million mm. quid, but he didn't, he stayed and he's become a legend. I yeah. will never, ever. This Jamie Vardy, I know yeah. he's not. He's not. He's probably lost a yard of pace. But don't we all at the age of thirty-six? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've lost yeah. a yard of pace. We're not playing to his abilities at the minute. Like I said before, we haven't got the creative mm. number ten that can thread the yeah. ball through. We're not playing that way. We're not playing to his full-on strengths. But mm. if you start Nacho, yeah, and then oh, with half an hour to go, you've got Jamie Vardy coming on. Then defenders yeah. are going to be thinking, oh, terrifying. You know, what's going on here? Yeah. You will never get anybody dissing Vardy. I mean, he's no. scored nearly 180 goals in his yeah. time he's here. He had a chance to go to Arsenal when we won the league, but he stayed. You don't yeah. get much. And I'm a big one for loyalty. You do not yeah. get much loyalty in football anymore. No. You don't see no. many players staying at one club. for the. For, no. I know he didn't start his professional career till when he came to Leicester, yeah. but he stayed. He could have gone for more money. He could have gone to Saudi Arabia this year, but no, yeah. he stayed again. He wanted to help Leicester out of the situation they're in, which... Yeah. You've got to love him it'll, even more. If you didn't love him before, you'd yeah. definitely love him now. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it, it'll be a it'll be a key part of it. And and there's there's so many and and that's why I think obviously it was that. And sorry to harp on about the past, but there were, there was that it was that true underdog spirit of a collective of players that on their own wouldn't have done it, but together. Like I said, I mentioned drink water. I mentioned cancer. I mentioned Mar. I mean, whoever found Mares for whatever they picked him up for is is a stunning uh, 350,000 I think it was and you look at him and you watch him play in all the teams that he's played for since and obviously he's, he's moved on to pastures new he looks he looks he looked bolted on and ready made to be part of the best teams in the premier league when you're kind of looking at it going well how how and that that's this is what fascinates me about recruitment and how big I think it is and and how when you get it right a lot of team and lots several players that Leeds brought in over the last two or three seasons been nowhere near it. But you look at that recruitment of 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 who was in there, and obviously Everton tried to go. Well, thank you. We'll take that whole department. <laughs> we'll see what we can do with that. With, with that with work, the it? it didn't quite no. work because I mean, there Mares, is. There's a story about Mares. He went to St Mirren for a week's trial. 
from Le Havre, right. and he didn't like it there because it was too cold. So he told his agents to he didn't, he didn't complete his trial. It is very cold up there. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that story. Whether it's a true story, mm. but I, it's one of them things you hear. And you mm. never. It was just, it, again, again, it's a sliding door, sliding doors, isn't it? Of, of being able to bring a player in such as that of that. that it's uh, no, it, it, like I said, I, I find it fascinating. These people in these positions are very uh, highly um, skilled and um, very, very. Um, well kind of educated in that sense but there is still and this is what always sucks us in as, as as fans there is still that little gap for magic and i think mares can say drink water players coming together in in that way there is there is something there that intangible way you kind of go i can't explain that and i don't want i don't want anyone to explain that to me actually i'm i'm, I'm okay with not knowing because it's 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 a glorious thing to watch yeah. did you, you you must everyone that i've ever kind of had a vague discussion don't worry don't walk around asking about leicester city's title winning side of the premier league <laughs> all the time. but um everyone knows someone don't they that oh mate of mine he, he was one of the people that put 10 quid on five thousand to one everybody and i'm like can you show me i want factual evidence of this because yeah. you might say that but i've never ever met someone who's actually done it no i haven't either i haven't <laughs> according to paul there was only five people that had money on right five people and one one pulled out after the Sunderland game when we won 4-2. He cashed no. out. He cashed out much? after he beat Sunderland. I think he got about 50p, I think it was. Something like that. <laughs> oh, he cashed out. He wasn't sure. But um, I'm going to have to let you go now, David, because it's Sunday nope. morning. It's early doors. We've all got other commitments. I have got to get to church, for, aren't we, Jamie? That's what we're going to do. I'm going to take the dog for a walk on the beach in the street. Oh, oh, oh. I'd show you the weather out here, mate, but it's it's blown a gale. There's leaves flying down the street. It's great. It's horrible. I bet where you are oh, is gorgeous. It's lovely. It's lovely. Who have you got on TV next week for us to watch? Oh, we're doing... I'm up at West Brom on Saturday. Uh, Leeds are playing Rotherham on Friday night. I mean, if 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 you can keep a keen eye on that, uh, Leicester, Leicester City fans, because I'm, I'm sure you'll all be team Rotherham on Friday, oh, won't you? Uh, Rotherham got a good hammering off Watford, and we've got Watford on on it Saturday. Did. And that's the thing. I mean, Watford can be what Watford can be anything. Yeah. You might meet a Watford side that, that gives you some, but you never know. Come talking about Watford last and lasses, I'm flying in for that game. So if you see me at the ground, come and say hello. Only a quick <laughs> visit. Only a quick visit. David, it's been much appreciated. My I'm glad pleasure. you said Leicester are going to go up as champions. I'm really glad you said that. I'm going to clip that and put that on social media somewhere. <laughs> Love it, love it. Um, and then, because in a couple of weeks' time, with uh, Leicester on the team, uh, Leicester have got West Brom at the lunchtime game as well. I think they, yes, second, you could be right. Yes, yeah, yes. Second yeah, of December, we're on against be, West Brom. That's yes, you're right. And I, I'll be, I'll be, I say working. I'll be there, kind of waffling on on top of it. But uh, yeah, that, again, <laughs> a, a, another one that I'm, I'm really looking forward to because their their squad has got themselves together in the last few weeks, but it's taken a while to get there, West Brom, so they def definitely should be getting their, pulling their fingers out. So that'd be a, that, that'd be a, nice, be a tough test. That'd be a tough game for West Brom as well. West Brom, it's which next Saturday? Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, again, another one. Uh, watching these teams in, in person is always a pleasure. And I spoke to Kieran earlier on this season about what Ipswich were and, and what they thought they were going to do. And, again, another collective... I mean, as as individuals, there's some good players, but absolutely as a collective, that's where their strength's coming from at the moment. It is, it is. David, like I say, much appreciate you coming on. Uh, you go and enjoy your Sunday Sunday afternoon and uh, we'll take it from there. And like I say, much appreciate, David. Thanks a lot, pal. Pleasure.
Cheers all. Thank you, David. There we go. Another famous Foxes aftermath show. Um, it's been great. Like I keep saying, it's been doing this show for years. Everyone getting up early doors to watch me on a Sunday morning waffle on. David knows what he's talking about. I make out what I, I know what I'm talking about. But you've had the man talked about the championship. So it's much appreciated. So it's ciao, ciao. Adios. Arrivederci. Goodbye now. Come on, you foxes. Thanks for watching Leicester Fan TV. Thanks to our sponsors, Everards, Follow Blinds, Pocket Pies, Pink Car Leasing, Distillers Direct, Hologram, Take Me, Nubian Cow, The Fox's Arms and Rainbows. Run by the fans, for the fans. Follow us on socials at Leicester Fan TV and visit LeicesterFanTV.com for all the latest news, views and videos. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.